Hello and welcome to Renewing Hope Church in Oceanside, California, where our mission is to love God with all our heart, soul, and mind, and to love our neighbor as ourself. We pray that this episode will both challenge and encourage you to love more. And now, here's today's episode. Hello, my name is Corey, and today I will be teaching on the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. This is the final message of our seven-part series titled, Who is God? As we discussed last message, the presence of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament was limited to only a select few people for thousands of years. Humanity was not allowed access to the Holy Spirit because of sin, but God promised a coming time when that would change. Many centuries before Jesus, the prophet Joel prophesied of a new era when the Holy Spirit would be poured out on everyone who wanted him. Joel chapter 2 verse 28, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and female servants in those days will I pour out my Spirit. When this prophecy is fulfilled, no one who wants God will be denied. The old and young, male and female, rich and poor, all will have equal access to the Holy Spirit and to God. As we discussed last message, after Jesus died on the cross for our sins, the veil of the temple separating mankind from God was torn in two. Because of Jesus, when we repent and are forgiven and born again, God can now pour out His Spirit on mankind. Hallelujah! And after Jesus rose from the dead, he appeared to his disciples and let them know that time was coming when Joel's prophecy would be fulfilled. In Luke 24, 49, Jesus said, And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. We read in Acts chapter 1 that after Jesus ascended into heaven, the disciples stayed in Jerusalem waiting for the promise Jesus said was coming. And on the Jewish holiday called the Feast of Weeks, referred to by the Greek name Pentecost, the prophecy of Joel was fulfilled, the Holy Spirit was poured out, and the church was born. And we read in Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I love this passage. Remember from our last message that the word for spirit in Hebrew is ruah, which also means breath and wind. How did the Holy Spirit come in Acts 2 verse 2? And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. This wind filled the whole house and holy fire came down from heaven and landed on every single person in that room, just like the prophet Joel said. 
and every person began to speak the mysteries of God in a language they have never learned. And when all the Jews who came to Israel from their native countries heard these Jews from Israel speaking their native languages of countries like Egypt, Iran, and Saudi Arabia, they were all amazed. And then Peter stood up and preached to the crowd and quoted Joel chapter 2 that we read earlier and confirmed that they were seeing the fulfillment of the prophecy. The Holy Spirit is now available to all who want Him. God is holy fire. We see the Father and Son appear as fire throughout the Bible, and here we also see the Holy Spirit appear as fire. Because the Father, Son, and Spirit are one, they are all holy fire. When God called us to start this church, it was during the COVID lockdowns and people weren't allowed to meet. One of our dreams and prayers was to have our first service on Pentecost, the birthday of the church. God answered our prayer and we held our first service on May 23rd of this year. What an honor and a gift to be a part of this legacy. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, John the Baptist spoke of Jesus and notice what he says. John said, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. In the Bible, there are two types of baptism. There is a baptism of repentance and water where you publicly display that you have become born again and commit your life to God. And then there is a baptism of the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit comes upon someone in power and wonder. These two types of baptism can happen at the same moment or they can be separate events. In my own personal experience, I gave my heart to Jesus at age 12 I was baptized in water to publicly profess that commitment at age 13, and when I was 14, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit and received the gift of speaking in tongues. Now, what is speaking in tongues? The word glossa for tongue in Greek also means language. So, speaking in tongues means you are speaking in an unknown language. All the different languages spoken around the world are an incredible gift from God and are one of the evidences that proves the Bible is true. When you receive the gift of tongues, you may be given a language in a modern dialect that people who speak that language can understand, like we see in Acts chapter 2, or you may be given an ancient dialect that people today won't understand. The Bible says some may even receive the language spoken by angels. How cool is that? So what do we do with this language if we are given this incredible gift? Well, the Bible states that we aren't supposed to speak in tongues during a church service unless there is an interpretation because we can't understand what is being said. But we are also not to prohibit speaking in tongues if spoken at the appropriate times. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 14 said that in church, prophecy and teaching in our native language are better than tongues because we can understand what is being said. Listen to what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14 starting in verse 2. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men but to God, for no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the Spirit. 
On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to the people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Now I want all of you to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. So Paul desired that all would speak in tongues, but even more that all would prophesy. Paul in that verse lists two gifts of the Holy Spirit. When you read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, you will see that there are many more gifts than just these two. I don't have time in this message to cover all the gifts of the Holy Spirit in detail, but a book I highly recommend for understanding the Holy Spirit and His gifts is a book by Chuck Smith called Living Water. This book is actually free in Apple Books and you can download it right to your phone or computer. So once again, the book is Living Water by Chuck Smith. So the Apostle Paul said if you speak in tongues, it is given to enhance your prayer time with God. I can verify this to be absolutely true. The language that was given to me when I was 14 is very Asian sounding. When I was given this gift, I was in a time of praise and prayer at a church camp and felt the Holy Spirit come over me like a warm blanket, and then this pressure started building up behind the back of my throat. When I relaxed my tongue, this language came out of me in an extremely powerful way. Now, some churches believe that everyone is supposed to speak in tongues, but Paul in 1 Corinthians 12 makes it clear that different gifts are given to different people and not everyone gets the same gifts. Paul makes the analogy of a human body to show us that if every part of the body was the same, it wouldn't be as powerful and efficient as many different parts working as one. The eye needs the ear, the feet need the legs, and the stomach needs the mouth. And so different gifts will be given to different people by the Holy Spirit as He sees fit. The beauty in this is we all have an equal part to play and every part of the body of Christ is needed for the benefit of all. No one is more important than the other. When I was 14, after purchasing my first Bible, I came across all these gifts. I went to my pastor and asked him, what is all this stuff? He replied, what is a gift? As a kid, I said, well, it's something you get for Christmas or your birthday. You ask your family or friends for something and wait to see if you get it. My pastor said that is exactly right. It is the same with God. If you want the gifts of the Holy Spirit, you ask for them, and He will give you what is appropriate for the work He has for you to do in the body of Christ. And if you really want them, keep seeking, keep asking, keep knocking. That conversation with my pastor is what inspired me to start praying and asking for the gifts. Four months later at that camp, I got what I had been asking for. When it comes to tongues, Paul lists the different gifts of the Holy Spirit in chapter 12 and actually puts tongues last because it usually is for the benefit of just one person who has the gift and not the church as a whole. This is why the gift of administration is ranked higher than speaking in tongues because a person who helps run a church and its activities benefits all those who attend, but speaking in tongues just benefits the person who is speaking. But don't get me wrong, speaking in tongues is worth asking for and is one of the greatest gifts I have ever received. 
I love it, and I speak in tongues all the time. I even sing in my language, and I can hear it rhyming at the end of sentences. It's so cool. Thanks to the sacrifice of Jesus, just like the high priest on Yom Kippur in ancient Israel, everyone can now enter into the Holy of Holies. He is my everything. He is my maker. He is my God. He is my teacher. He is my comforter. He is my love. Love is who God is. I find it so interesting that when Paul lays out what God's love looks like, it is in the section of Scripture devoted to the Holy Spirit and His gifts. So when you go to a wedding and they quote 1 Corinthians 13 and say, Love suffers long and is kind, love does not envy, and so on, they are quoting a section of Scripture referring to the Holy Spirit and His gifts. That ironically, if we are honest, most people are uncomfortable with. Can you see how odd that is? How inappropriate it is for mankind to use the Holy Spirit's chapter on love if we don't love the Holy Spirit. So don't resist the Holy Spirit or His gifts, because to do so is to resist true love. Paul, after listing all the gifts of the Spirit, said he would show us a more excellent way, and then goes on to show us how love is the greatest gift. It is the greatest superpower any Christian has. If you have all the gifts of the Spirit, but don't have love, you have no power. If you have love, and possess no other gift, you are extremely powerful. We should all pursue the gift of love. What if we all had the gift of love? We wouldn't need to tell the world God loves them. They would already know by our actions. If love is who the Holy Spirit is, and love is His greatest gift, let me ask you an important question. Have you ever told the Holy Spirit that you love Him? If you haven't, spend some time in prayer and quiet time with the Holy Spirit today. Sit in His presence and tell Him how grateful you are for all He has given you. You breathe and live because of Him. Tell Him you love Him. Open your heart and mind to Him. For he is God, and he is love. Thank you for tuning in to Renewing Hope Church. May God's love for you renew your hope today, and may his face shine upon you and give you peace. If you need prayer or would like to reach out to us, you can do so at our website, renewinghope.church. Until next time, 